This podcast is also part of a pod course, which is available for credit on speechtherapypd.com. All you need to do is register for the course, complete the requirements, and you will receive credit. Speechtherapypd.com is a video continuing education company, a certified ASHA CE provider. First Bite sure does love some freebies, and I grew up loving some coupons. That's my kinfolk's way of saying coupons. I can't even say it correctly. (laughs) And so to start the new year off right, we wanted to do a little give back. So if you head on over to speechtherapypd.com and enter the code FIRSTBITE, not to be confused with the autocorrect of Frostbite, well, then you will find a fabulous $10 off coupon for an annual subscription. That will give you access to all of the one to three hour webinar courses, as well as all the First Byte pod courses for CEUs for an annual membership of only $79. But hey, do you want more? Don't you love that cheesy sales line? I love that cheesy sales line. Okay, well, if you do, you can use that same coupon, First Byte, and access all of the courses on speechtherapypd.com's website for a fabulous deal of $179 a year. Whoop, whoop. So don't forget, plug in the coupon first bite when you check out at the speechtherapypd.com website. Happy listening, y'all. Hi, it's Erin. I'm your regular co-host of First Bite. First of all, I want to thank y'all so much for tuning and listening to First Bite. We've been incredibly encouraged and excited by the feedback we've received and are looking forward to the future. In the meantime, if you've been enjoying First Bite, please take a moment, maybe pause your device to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. This podcast started out as a small idea to bring convenient, tangible resources to SLPs and other professionals, and we value your feedback more than anything. Leaving those reviews truly helps us out. Enjoy the episode and thanks for listening. folks, and welcome to First Bite, fed, fun, functional resources for the pediatric clinician. I am your host on this nerd venture, Michelle Dawson, MSCCC SLP, the all things peds SLP. I am a colleague in the trenches of home health early intervention right there with you. I run my own private practice, Heartwood Speech Therapy, in Cola Town, South Carolina, and guest lecture nationwide on best practices for early intervention for the medically fragile child. First Bite's mission is short and sweet, to bring light and hope to the world for the pediatric clinician, parent, or advocate. In this podcast, we cover everything from AAC to breastfeeding best practice for running a private practice, and all the nitty-gritty details involving feeding and swallowing by interviewing the subject matter experts themselves. We bring the data to you. Every fourth episode, I am joined by the lovely Erin Forward, MSP, CF, SLP, a Yankee transplant who actually inspired this journey and who also walks the wild, woolly, and sometimes sticky walk of early intervention with us. Sit back, relax, and watch out for all the squirrels, and enjoy this geeky gig brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. Welcome back to First Bite. 
Fed, Fun, and Functional Resources for the Pediatric Clinician. I am your host, Michelle Dawson, the All Things Peds SLP. The topic of today falls in both the functional and fun category, and I am over the moon and stars excited to have back my sweet friend and mentor, Sharis Fraley, MACCC SLP. Now, the last time she was on was for episode 26, and a whoop, whoop, that was 21 episodes ago, and we covered conflict resolution for the SLP in a conundrum. Well, today, friends, we are taking a bit of a shift and addressing what it means to be a balanced SLP. So let me start laughing now. Ha, 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 as I will fully admit, I am definitely not as balanced as I'd like to be. Let's be honest, I may sleep soundly three to four weeks a night, and I am totally open about my workaholic tendencies. Like seriously, I see patients and I work on podcasts on Saturdays, and I get to the gym way less than I should, as the tight seams on my skinny jeans will concur with that fact. They still zip though, so we're all right. But I will extend myself some grace. I am always working to bring balance into my life. Each day, I try to spend less time than the day before on my laptop after work hours, and each day I try to be more fully present when I'm spending time with our sons in that Osefa and Mr. Dawson amount. But balance is a challenge. That's why I am enthused, honored, and secretly geeking out that Sharice is here, as she has an uncanny ability to make my shoulders relax just by laughing on the phone, especially when she's talking about her fur baby. <laughs> Also, let me suggest that if we really want to excel at conflict resolution, then we may want to start with ourselves first. Shares, am I right in thinking that if we have better balance in our lives, then we'll be able to address concerns with colleagues more even-headedly? Also, I'm not quite sure that's a word, even-headedly, but what do you think, lady? Definitely. I I agree. Um, Definitely. If you start with yourself first and you're able to tune into who you are as a human being, you're going to definitely be able to carry that on to dealing with other humans and other relationships much more effectively and efficiently. I, I have to say, I have reflected back on our other episode um, over the last couple of months, and I try to take a big deep breath, and I have actually paused more before I have picked up the phone. I have waited a day or two before I picked up the phone or sent an email, and um I have seen more good come of that just by me like taking time out to reflect and seriously think instead of just reacting, which I mean, I'm a hot headed Irish girl. So like that's really saying something, but thank you. So yay. (laughs) Now, um, I, I want to hear about all of this balance. I feel like you have better balance than I do, but, um, I also feel like you have made that, a priority in your life. And I need to shift that over into making it more of a priority. And I I have. Uh, First, I think I want to make it clear that we are all in this together. We are all equals in this moment of managing our lives and stress and responsibilities. And we're all, um, we all can relate to the ups and downs and the moments in which we feel fully put together. And then the times in which life becomes entangled and unbalanced. And I think that's really key when things get a little bit crazy. Sometimes it's good to step back and say, hey, some of these things I'm experiencing, everyone else in the world experiences, right? We have times where there's just not enough time in our day, where we have illness in our lives, where we have a multitude of things that we're juggling. So 
as FOPs, we are unique in that we are in a helping profession and we tend to be passionate, loving, and driven to help others. But these traits can take a toll on the psyche at times and that is normal. And so the key to find balance and to avoid burnout and put oneself first is to direct your energy to your duties and your responsibilities, wealth, and gratifications. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Hmm. I just, I just took a big deep breath just listening to all of that. Okay. All right. So where do we begin? Where do we start on this journey towards embedding balance in our lives? What are some of the questions we can ask ourselves to, I guess, start that process? Sure. So some general questions to ask yourself is, do I have a work-life balance? How do I define that for myself? Because that's going to look differently for each one of you. How am I managing the day-to-day? Are there things I'm focusing on too much? Am I having a good time? Is it time to do something different for a while? Do I need to say no? And can I be okay with turning down a client or not taking that board position or accepting another project? So those are some questions you can just start with to kind of tune into how you're feeling about your situation at work and, and your life in general. Seriously, that struck a chord because a board opportunity presented itself today. <laughs> and like literally today, like I picked up a newspaper that I never pick up because I just felt compelled to pick it up. Right. And I opened it up and it was you know, seeking for, you know, submissions for a a local board that is totally in line with what I do. You know, I, I I fact-checked instead of just saying, let's do it. I fact-checked, you make sure, can I commit to more Saturday mornings or, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, I was like, Hmm, but, oh, woman, some of those questions rang a little bit too true. So what do you, what do you do with once you ask yourself that? Where is the next? Well, <laughs> that I mean, my heart is like my my blood pressure is like oh god, Michelle, she's talking about you. <laughs> so one thing I want to say is anything you don't manage now will resurface. And I'm going to say that probably again here in a moment. But at any moment, if you're not sensing personal fulfillment, and I think that's key, is that you need to tune in. So sometimes all you need is accept where you are in that moment. That may be all you need to do is say, "Ah, I acknowledge that. That's where I am at this moment and then move on. But other times you, you can't always be in balance and in bliss all the time. You need to be aware. Our lives are always fluctuating and uh, there's always a lot of chaos, right? So again, anything you don't manage now will resurface. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the lower right-hand corner of my laptop where it tells me which plans of cares are due. Uh-huh. I got you. It's in an Excel spreadsheet. Okay. <laughs> so that will resurface. Yes. All right. I need to make sure I get those plan of cares out so that I can get prior authorizations in. We're good. It's fine. I'm not panicking. <laughs> okay. So then... How do I fix that? (laughs) There really, there are four areas we should focus on for balance. And uh, one, the first one is duty and responsibility. So let's talk a little bit about what that is. Uh, Your career is what gives you your life order. 
It provides structure in your life. It gives you a purpose. It's what gets you up in the morning. As an SLP, you're serving society and and perhaps yourself. Um, And in this profession, you're giving completely back to the world. So in your personal life, well, let's step back for a minute. As an SLP, your duty is to prepare your sessions and teach your students and provide treatment to your clients or patients. And so that's your main duty. Then in your personal life, as a mother or a father, your duty is to raise your child. Or if you're a spouse or partner, it's to have a committed, open relationship that evolves. Or perhaps as a daughter or a son, it's to grow that continued bond with your parents. Whatever your duty or responsibility is, it is to do it well. Serve yourself and then serve others. I feel like you more eloquently stated the oxygen mask falling from the airplane. <laughs> like, you know, have you, have, when you fly, they say put your oxygen mask on first and then put your child's oxygen mask on. That um, your analogy was much more beautiful, but that's the visual that came to my mind when you were going through it. Cause you're right. And, and that's perfect. Yes, definitely. Just putting that oxygen mask on first. If you don't take care of yourself first, you're not able to take care of anyone else. There are some questions then you can ask yourself, like, how did I serve my clients or students and myself this week? You can reflect on that a little bit. What were my obligations? Uh, you can ask yourself things like what challenges or ethical tests did I face and how did I deal with them? We deal with a lot of ethical stuff, I think, in, in our profession. We're always being pushed. Am I happy with the outcome? Or what could I do differently? So those are all questions you can ask to kind of focus on your duty and responsibility. And are you really embedded in that? Okay. So is there, when I think of that first area I should focus on, give me one word to sum it up with. (laughs) For duty and responsibility. Okay. So those are my keywords for the first area to focus on is duty and responsibility. And I have to take care of myself first. Correct. Serve yourself, then serve others. And and for me, it goes like, okay, I have to take care of myself first. Make sure, I mean, my next step is the Mr. Dawson. Because, I mean, in, in my home, if we don't have good communication, then, you know, definitely a child went to school in camouflage pants at the private school one day because I was away on a business trip. It's okay. The other one went to school on a tutu. So like, we're fine. It's fine. And then it trickles over to my tiny humans. And then once that component, my pack is taken care of because we call ourselves packed awesome. Then I can move on to my duties and responsibilities and be set for success for taking care of my patients to make sure I'm meeting ethical legal and fulfilling their, their actual needs. Is that a good way of explain of summarizing that in Michelle land? Definitely. Yes. We as SLPs know how to reflect and observe our sessions and determine how to modify and improve them. Uh, you must do this with your personal self as well. Oh, you should reflect. Yeah. I don't, I don't transfer that. I mean, I know that. Like, I'll walk out of a patient's house and I'm like, ooh, I don't like how we did that today. Or, ooh, there was too many siblings present in the room for that moment in time. But I don't carry that over to my home 
So that's a good idea to move it forward. I think the key with, with SLPs is that you have so many skill sets that you use with your clients and your students uh, that you don't realize can apply to your real life in any moment. It's just stepping back for a moment, almost observing your world for just a moment to make the ability to adjust how you need to change things in your life. I'm, I'm, I'm utilizing my good listening skills here and I'm being very thoughtful. Mm. You always show up at just the right time shares. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Blow my mind a little more. What's the next area that I need to straighten up? <laughs> Number two is wealth and prosperity. <laughs> I own my own private practice. That means I don't have to worry about that because I don't have that. <laughs> so that's easy. I'm just kidding. Wealth and prosperity is defined differently for everyone. So what you need depends on who you are. So it doesn't matter what your friend wants or your coworker, or um, we all have different needs or material comforts to feel at peace. That's why it's, it's so important as human beings that we don't need to judge anyone because just because maybe we have a friend that's driving a Mercedes and lives in the mansion up the road <laughs> and you may be in a smaller home, that's okay. If they can afford it and they can do it, it's what their comfort level is and what makes them feel happy and at peace. So everybody has different levels of wealth and prosperity. And I'm not going to say that some people have a desire for more wealth and prosperity, but more is not necessarily better but one person may need a cozy small home in a quiet neighborhood and another may need a trendy loft downtown. It's, and there's nothing wrong with either. Um, so maybe one person needs a successful job in the schools while another wants to be a prestigious professor at a university. Again, equally successful career paths and there's nothing wrong with either one. Uh, so it's just what you need and who you are that controls your wealth and prosperity. So prosperity wealth is only how you view it for yourself. It's finding contentment with the items you own, borrow, manage, the skills you develop to live successfully. Have you seen Marie Kondo on Netflix? I have not. <laughs> oh my goodness, friend, you need to watch that show. Because one of my patient's moms told me, and this sounds like a squirrel, but I swear it's connected. She goes, Michelle, you walk in and you want the most complex patient. And it makes your heart happy when you have to put all the puzzle pieces together. You like a train wreck. And I'm like, I, well, I don't, don't say it like that. And she's like, tell me I'm wrong. I'm like, okay, you're not wrong. And like... She said, watch Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo is this tiny little woman from Japan who will walk into a house that is cluttered, that is overwhelmed, that the the house has lost its heart and it's not a home right then. And she goes through and helps these people find joy with their belongings and joy that has been lost because it's been overwhelmed by all the, all the materialness of stuff. And you hold every little object and you decide whether or not it sparks joy. And if it doesn't spark joy, then you get rid of it. Everybody out there, go watch Marie Kondo. Oh my gosh. I have been Marie, systematically Marie Kondoing my house for the last, I don't know, four or five weeks. And 
it has made such a difference in how I view the physical material objects in my home that I don't need. I finally got rid of a t-shirt from middle school. Seriously. Like I'm 36 years old. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. But like, yes, yes. I, so I get it. She has a book. I read her book. What? So yes, I think she has a book or it's based on a book. Okay. Uh, the same concept. So I did that when uh, my husband and I moved to Washington, D.C., and we had to downsize into an 865 square foot home. Oh, my God. A very large home. And uh, you you do have to sit and it, you do ask, does this bring joy? Does this bring joy into my life? And, and you can do that even in your life with your life responsibilities. Uh, Recently, because I, I, I've taken a promotion, I had to do the same thing. I had a lot of volunteer work and other thing commitments, and I had to step back because I knew that my position was going to take on even more responsibility. And I said, does this still bring me joy? Uh, do I feel prosperous and do I value this? Or is this a time to let this go so that I free and open the world for more time for what I'm making a commitment to in my career? And that's tough, but I had to stew about it. It didn't take just one day. It took me a couple of weeks before I let some things go. I'm okay to let this go right now. I can. And the people that I uh, spoke to said lovely things to me and said, when you're ready, we'd love to have you come back. So if you develop those relationships, if you work well with others, you deal with the conflict resolution, even when you have to step down from a board position or another commitment, and you share your loving experiences, you will be invited back someday when your life is open and has the time to add those things back in. <sighs> I'm, I'm just thinking we have two tiny humans that are both now in soccer and made me reassess all my extracurriculars, like all my extras, you know, because we've got Monday night, a four-year-old playing soccer, which is not soccer. It's picking our noses and flowers. Uh, Wednesday night, a six-year-old playing soccer, which is not soccer because he flirts with the only girl on the team because God bless America. And then two soccer games on Saturday morning. We've lost three, like three, like almost days dedicated to one event that they're not even really playing, you know, but that's where they are now. It's important to them. Therefore, even though I, you know, we tease them about it, it's important to us, but it has made me reassess time management for my extras. So that's very, hmm, I'm reassessing further on this. Yeah. Okay. So these are some questions you can ask. What do I see as valuable? What did I do for my health? I think that's a key thing. You don't want to forget to take care of yourself. And what do I do for the sake of my livelihood and my profession? Those are some simple questions to ask. Okay. Let me not go down that rabbit hole now because I was very tempted to start asking them right this very second. Okay. All right. Uh -huh. These are, I'm squirming because these are, these are, these are not easy questions. These are deep, thoughtful you have to actually take time off to consider and ponder kind of questions. I like that. Or you take, write down a question on a note card and then on your commute between patients or clients, you can think of that one question because in our lives, we don't have a lot of time to ponder. Is it that five minutes in the shower or five minutes between 
one location to the next, or maybe after you drop the kids off at school and you have that short commute or long commute, those are the times that you can reflect as long as you're not putting yourself into danger in bumper to bumper traffic. And because you still got to focus <laughs> on the current moment. Um, sometimes those are the windows of opportunity, right? You don't have to answer every single question in one sitting. It could be, okay, today I'm going to, Monday, I'm going to attack this question and Tuesday I'm going to attack the next one. So I'll repeat all these questions at the end so that everybody can get those written down just in case they have okay. a chance to catch them. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I tend to re-listen to this, but I do it when I'm sitting on one of the bicycles um, and pedaling. Um, but I've started doing it on the recline bike. That way I can freely write stuff while I'm like in the recline bike, because I couldn't do it on that other bike where you have to lean forward and hold on to the bars. You'll fall off. <laughs> that was not conducive to me learning. <laughs> I tried it. One balance, right? You're supposed to be focused in the moment, which <laughs> you're yeah. but you know, everybody does it, right? It's the only way to get yeah. everything done in your day usually. So <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, or, or I, I, yeah. Hmm. Mm, I find my, I can honestly say my biggest Zen, my biggest thinking time for me personally to reflect is when I'm gardening. When I need to sort out my life, I go pull the weeds out of my garden. And that's, that's, that's telling. And taking time to mm. commune with nature. That's ideal. It's a, and I, I think that's really important for balance is that everybody should be outside at some point. It, it really does. There's actually, I think, new research out there and, and there's some documentaries where people are starting to see that those individuals that are in really major big cities that don't have a lot of parks or outdoor space are a lot more stressed than those people that are able to get outdoors and commune with nature. So if gardening is your thing, that's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know when I need my vitamin D, but <laughs> the downside is I go through a ridiculous amount of gardening gloves every year. Like I dig the hole, the, I always bust a, a hole in the index fingertips. I don't know what I do, but like <laughs> I like one a quarter, a pair of quarters. Can I? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. My snowboards do the same thing. I have holes in my, my index fingers as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're intense. I'm just saying. Ah. Okay. All right. So number one, um, wait. Okay. So number two was wealth and prosperity, but how we view it and be respectful and non-judgmental because everybody's wealth and prosperity is unique to themselves. Correct. Okay. All right. So lay on, what's the third area I need to focus on? Number three is pleasure or gratification. So pleasure drives us. It's, it's brings us joy to our lives. Even if we make a sacrifice, we may find pleasure. And it's why we eat that piece of chocolate or take that next job. It's what brings us true pleasure. The key is not to overdo it. So we seek accomplishments for pleasure. We take pleasure in our jobs, our friends, maybe it's music or family or love or art or the outdoors, whatever it is that gives you pleasure and gratification. You find your passion and you find a solution. So I'll let you think on that for a moment. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm thinking, okay. <sighs> On my day-to-day, -day, I find, professionally, I find pleasure when 
oh my goodness, I've got this little guy who, when I started with him nine months ago, because I just wrote his um, third plan of care, he would not feed himself at all. He was five years old and would not touch food to bring it to his lips. And he is independently feeding himself 35 to 40% of every single meal at school. And mom texted me today to say he fed himself um, 50 bites of his dinner at dinner time. And I, we had set a week goal of 25 bites, but he twice hit 50. And that's professional joy right there. Like that is nine months of hard work and this little booger's feeding himself. Like that's yes. Right. And then, yeah. And then on the home front, like my, my pleasure and gratification there is totally measured different. Like the fact that bears independently going upstairs by himself because he didn't want to come upstairs because clearly he has a monster in his closet. It's not, but you know, like that's a huge accomplishment for us. Like that's also, I, I love our little bedtime routine that drives me at home. Like I love knowing that, you know, seven thirty every single night, we're going to all dog pile into bed. And then, well, except for the weekends, we, we stay up, we, we bust bad and may stay up to like nine or 10 on, you know, the weekends, but like we read together and we do like this little faith five thing where we like read and pray and do our little, but that brings me joy and that motivates me every day. Mm. That's a very raw, well, honest and, answer. And so you've already, <laughs> you don't even have to self-reflect on that one. You know, and you're pretty strong in what gives you pleasure and gratification. And for a lot of SLPs out there, I'm sure there's that one patient or that one client or student that just, you know, pulls at your heartstrings that really has an impact and brings you that gratification as to why you're still in the field. I still have a few uh, clients that I just, I still talk about and it's been 20 years. So it's, um, you know, the ones, the ones that just melt your heart or just, you know, the, the one that says his first words after so many years because they're, they're nonverbal. It's just, those are the things you want to hang your hat on and focus on every day. I um, I think in my our last podcast, I said I keep a, a kudos file on my uh, computer <clears throat> for things. When I get a message or something happens, I just dump it in there so that when I need to seek and reminder of what brings me joy and pleasure or when something's been a rough day, that is the folder I can go to to say, hey, these are the good things that happen. This is why I do what I do. Um, it's to remind myself. So for me personally, my puppy and my ex- and exercise bring me a lot of pleasure and gratification that keeps me balanced and keeps me focused so that I can then focus on my day. For someone else, like you said, it could be your child or a client that you're working with, or you might find pleasure and gratification to help you find balance with a yoga class or sitting and reading or a bubble bath or a glass of wine. Um, It's finding that five minute pleasure you can achieve every day or every week to bring you back into balance um, is really, I think, key here when you're working with uh, focusing on pleasure and gratification and keeping yourself balanced. Hmm. Um, I, I, we, there's a, I have a favorite lady I get bath bombs from, 
Um, she's got a little shop down in Five Points, um, not too far from my house. And uh, bless it. She doesn't make bath bombs when she feels bad juju. Because she says, I'm bad juju into my bath bombs. Y'all need me when I got good juju. So you'll go in there and her stock is low one week. And then the next time you walk in and her light, oh my Lord, you walk in and she is like sunshine and daisies and she's got more bath bombs and she knows what to do with. <laughs> and also the smells that she makes depends on her mood. <laughs> so, like, but it's like, it's like a treasure hunt. Whenever you go in, you don't know what you're going to find because it's based off of her mood and her she has tied her profession in with her joy and her pleasure. And, but that is something in our home. Like I, she makes a tobacco rose hip, um, lavender bath bomb. That sounds weird. It's the most divine bath bomb I've ever smelled. And I save it for like super limited rare occasions. But when the stress hits that bath bomb and 20 minutes of silence, because we're speech pathologists, we talk, all friggin' day long. Or we listen to other people talk all day long. There is power in silence. Exactly. Also, you 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 just need to come to Columbia and go check out my bath bomb lady. <laughs> it sounds like a great place to go. I love yeah. Yeah, they they have a great downtown area. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a lot better. They've worked really hard on it. Oh my goodness! I'm going to ask these three questions: What did I do this week to create more joy in my life? What did I take pleasure in this week? Maybe it's bath bombs. <laughs> and you identify key pleasure that helps bring you back into balance. I like that last one. Like when you're feeling exhausted and wore out because you've been doing too much, what will bring you back? Right. Mm. And that's really, I think, important is that you tune into that every so often because when you're working as an SOP, you're giving all these, like you said, you're talking all the time, you're listening all the time, you're, you are on 24-7. And so at some point, you can get quite out of balance and you have to be able to stop for a minute and pause and like you said, take a moment to be silent and figure out what is it that I need to do every week to keep me balanced, even if it's just five minutes, because that's all the time you find in your life right now. It's finding five minutes to go. This I know will help me calm myself a little bit and get me reshifted, focus on the next task or the next week coming up. I feel like. That's also really good advice to give to my patients' families. Yes. Because the first goal that I chart every single week is the home exercise program. Were they able to implement whatever we addressed in our last session? How well, I mean, we're supposed to be doing that coaching model and early intervention. Okay, well, I coached, we gave advice, we came up with the strategy, did the strategy work, but I, I mean... I'm thinking I have this sweet little family that I go out to see on Thursday and, you know, they've got two kids 13 months apart under the age of two and a half. And life is crazy for that mom right now. She's stay at home and, and, and just drowning in the day to day. And here I am with my boys, you know, older, I go out there and it brings me joy because they're where we were four years ago, you know? But asking her more, 
Okay. So what have you done to take care of yourself this week? I like, I think I might start doing that, adding I, that in. What did you do? To all you? of these things, you don't have to get real, um, I wouldn't say mushy, but detailed into this, but it's good to use these strategies and remind parents. And we know that parents that are dealing with children with um, any kind of special needs are going to have uh, quite a bit, probably a higher level of stress, uh, higher time, challenging time, ch- dealing with some things and juggling things, you know, whether it's financial, we know that, that if they're having to pay for services, that can be a burden, uh, depending on what the child's diagnosis is, that may mean a lot more doctor's visits or going to children's hospital or, or wherever, but reminding them is key because in the end, if they take care of themselves, they'll be able to then take care of that that child that's needing assistance. And I think sometimes that that's something we forget. And I think most of us have had some some counseling classes and things in our our profession that have taught us how to listen and ask open ended questions. And also, it's not it's not uh, doing therapy with them. You send them to a psychologist if there's significant stuff, but there's no harm in reminding them that they also need to take care of themselves when they're considering taking care of their child. So. I've, I've had a series of mothers as of late that have had some pretty significant postpartum issues um, and postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. And one of my dear friends, you know, I, I asked her, she's, you know, baby's four or five months old now almost five months. And I said, how are you doing? And she, I heard that hitch, that catch in her breath. And she was like, it's a lot better, but that anxiety is still there. I'm not to where I was. And, and I feel like we don't ask that professionally of our families enough when we go in, how are you really doing? Because if the family unit is not focusing in on their balance, they are never going to be able to set that child for success and do therapy with their kid. Exactly. <sighs> you, you've you made me canoodle a couple of thoughts. Mm. <laughs> okay. Now, now I want to, now I want to track somebody down who's a specialist in postpartum and, and address that. <laughs> okay. Back burner squirrel. Okay. So no. All right. So, so number three, um, is pleasure and gratification. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Look, look, I didn't even, I'm not writing these down, Sharis. I'm practicing good listening skills. Are you impressed? I listened to you when you speak, spoke the last time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what's number four? Number four is freedom. Mm. It's, do you feel free? So when you look into one of your students or clients' eyes, do you feel restricted by the responsibility to help them or free? Your ability to choose and make decisions to guide this individual's life in some way. Can you be free as much as you let yourself be? Mm. That is a very personal question. Okay, so... I've got two immediate answers. Now it is yes. But that took me opening up my own private practice to be able to be free to treat and make referrals. Because I can say that I have worked places previously where 
I did not feel the support or the freedom in contacting physicians because we're supposed to continuity of patient care. We're supposed to do that. Contact the physicians, request referrals, exchange um, concerns for sign symptoms. And that was not support. I did not feel support in that advocacy effort in previous locations, but now I do because I mean, I'm technically my own boss, but it took a very long and hard walk to get there. And I've gotten phone calls and emails. Well, I'm, I'm treating this patient, but my physician or my supervisor doesn't think it's appropriate for me to request that they go to GI. And my gut instinct is you have to do what's right by the patient, but I can see where they feel like their hands are tied professionally because that's they have to provide for their family as well, you know? Right. Oh, that's a very, mm. and I, I'm thinking about, yeah, no, yeah, go I, ahead. It's, it's a challenging question because I think we all have experienced where we are constricted or aren't able to do some of the things we think is the right thing based on who we work for or where we work or and so, where we yeah, volunteer. So you're not alone in that. Um, and those of you that do have your private practice probably do find there's a little more freedom because you do have a little more control since you are the one in charge. We had um, some lovely ladies from Chicago on back last fall and they worked in the NICU and they said that they felt so frustrated because they would know a child had something more going on. but the neonatologist would refuse to allow them to make referrals because they were off of oxygen and gaining weight. So it was time for discharge. And they would say, we knew that there was something genetic. We knew that there was, you know, sign symptoms of a cortical vision impairment, but they were not able to get the referrals in place. And then there's that huge disconnect. You go from NICU to home health and loss of medical records, nothing gets transferred. Um, there's a huge lapse in continuity of care there. And that's systemic nationwide. And, um, I, I just, I remember hearing the pain and frustration and one, um, one of those lovely ladies voices and her not being able to feel free. It was, I mean, she was like, mm, it was very raw, raw. That that's a, that's a good, honest word. I need a synonym for it. Somebody out there's thinking of one right now. <laughs> Okay, so freedom. All right, so can you say all four of them again? All four areas? Okay. Sure. So number one is duty and responsibility. Number two, wealth and prosperity. Number three, pleasure and gratification. And number four is freedom. Okay. Okay. All right. And you can just cut those down to one word. It could be just prosperity or just wealth, whichever word tunes into you. But I like to give them one, one word. So you may not like the word duty, but likes responsibility, but it allows you to kind of pick. Okay. All one right. Of those. So how do we apply that? So say that I have taken the time because this will require time to actually go through all the questions and um, be reflective. But if I have taken the time that is due this, that really truthfully, each one of us are 
should have balance in our life. We should allow ourselves grace to get the balance back in our lives. How do we apply this? So I would recommend number one is to reflect weekly. You need to take five minutes every week and reflect on your week, reflect on how things are going, where they are. And, you know, your situation with, for example, with the NICU, it may be that they can't solve the problem. They can't refer, but maybe they can do something else. It may be that you, you advocate and teach the parents on discharge to encourage them to keep advocating for their child, to empower them and to keep moving forward and, and questioning things if they continue to see concerns or have concerns or issues. So it may be that I can't do this thing in my life, but I can maybe have an impact in another direction indirectly. So, so that's one thought. Um, you must constantly review the questions. Too much of one area out of all these four areas will throw you off balance. So if you have too much prosperity and wealth, that if that's way out of balance, it may throw some of these other areas off kilter as well. So you want to see that these are all kind of balanced in your life. Um, so taking time for reflection, and that is probably the hardest thing to do. When is there time? <laughs> and you have to find time. So like what I said earlier, it may be in that commute in the car between clients or the drive to pick up the kids from school or a few minutes in the morning in the shower. Um, I was just thinking that I, I do some great thinking in the shower with my shampoo. So like, I wouldn't do it at, when you put your head down on the pillow to go to bed because then I'll keep you up at night. But, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> that's why I only sleep like three or four nights a week. Yeah. I, I, I got to start doing this in the morning. <laughs> you know, as professionals, if we don't slow down for a moment, that's when you can get off so off balance that it will take an overload of time to get back. And that's what we want to prevent is, as you, you can tune in, you're always aware, you're tuning into yourself and you're always self-reflecting just like you reflect back on how you did uh, with that session with that client or patient. Um, so you want to do that with yourself because when you don't, that's when the overload takes over and then you can't get back to where you were. And that happens. That's where this relates to conflict resolution and having relationships with people. Uh, when we talked about that in the last podcast, if you keep letting a situation escalate, if you don't address the problem soon and right away, becomes so big, it's unmanageable. This is, I'm going to be spending a lot of time canoodling on this one, friend. Okay. All right. So reflection. I need to schedule time into my schedule to reflect on are my four areas balanced? Okay. Mm, I just... Um, I just saw in Michelle land, there's a, there's a cartoon with like the person balancing all the plates on the, like, you know, on the sticks and everything is spinning. That's kind of what it looked like in my head, <laughs> but like, at least I'm not the person standing on the ball, balancing the plates and the bowls on the sticks. It's like a cartoon, but mm. okay. But that's why I need this. So that's perfect. Okay. So what's your, what's your next suggestion for after reflection? So I think that's the main thing. And then asking yourself these questions to focus on that. 
Um, you know, it, in my experience as an SLP, I certainly hit many times of imbalance. Uh, there were times when I worked in the public schools and my case was so high, I couldn't even remember every child's name. Um, or when I worked in skilled nursing facilities in which they were pushing that envelope on appropriate patients and, and billable hours or working in hospitals where, you know, they decided, oh, we're going to expand to three other locations. And so anytime, and that comes back to change, right? How do we handle change? And change is hard for human beings all over the country. Um, some thrive on it. Some hate it. Most don't do well with change. And so it's figuring out how do you, one, self-reflect, asking the questions we've talked about, which all I can review again, and then also being aware of how you manage change because our lives are constantly evolving and shifting and changing. Um, and in healthcare, it's always changing. It's like, what can you bill? What you're not allowed to bill anymore. All of a sudden, you know, so it's, it's all those things and you have to be able to figure out how can I manage and go through the flow of change and look at, okay, if this changes, how can I manage it or look at it differently um, through that? So, you know, my own experience, um, my last experience, I, my last position or job, um, obviously working in uh, the Washington, D.C. area with ASHA, I loved my job so much. And when my husband was transferred back and promoted to Colorado, I pushed myself to commute from Colorado to Washington, D.C. for a whole year to sustain my passion and my love and at my own expense. But at some point I had to self-reflect and say, what am I doing? At what cost is this to my family, my relationships, my friends? I was missing out on my whole life um, because I was constantly on a plane and living in hotels and other places. And I was losing, um, you know, my energy and my, my ability to, to really be grounded. And so at some point I had to finally say, it's okay to let this passion go. There's going to be another one. And, and that took me a while to get there <laughs> um, because we have moments where we are very passionate about what we're doing. And then other times we're not, we hit these walls because we become imbalanced a little bit. So it's um, sometimes it takes pure exhaustion or that realization that you're missing out on something. Um, and it's really, is it having too much of one of the four areas or not enough of another until you reflect, you won't know what your next step is. I remember working with you during that year and you never let on how exhausted you were. <laughs> you were so phenomenal. So outsider looking in, that thought never crossed my mind. Well, that's that's good. I spent a lot of time reflecting and really focusing that year because I really, well, one, I didn't want to ever uh, not give my best and do a great job in the in the job I had. Um, I had a lot of people that I had responsibility for, and so um, it's it really is trying to keep that balance and keep it even keel. But I have learned, and as I'm, as you mature, and as I'm maturing, you're learning to navigate and remember these. And so the strategies and techniques I've learned to use over the years, um, and each year I keep progressing, and hopefully keep. I still am a beginner in these areas. I always call myself a beginner. I have so much to learn. 
You are not. You are, you have moved into the realm of inspiration and support, honey. That's it's definitely not a beginner. You're next rung up. I don't know what that one is, but like the intermediate, advanced. I mean, you're the teacher now, so you're yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm just okay. So I was traveling once a month for a week for the last year and a half, almost two years of my life to give lectures. And I recently, because the kids are older said, which I mean, they're older, they're four and six. Okay. So for like the last two years of their life, I've been gone like for a solid almost week of their lives, right? Every month. And I recently said, I can't keep going at that pace. And it was the hardest decision because I felt like a failure for not going out and doing that. But I mean, truthfully, I felt like I should be able to handle all these things, but I wasn't finding, now I have a word for it, my um, pleasure and my gratification was in time with my family. That's like quality time, right? And that love language was being utterly depleted by me being gone. And that was hard for me to let that go. But I did reflect. I mean, we reflected as as a pack. And it was just, I mean, I still go out and lecture, but I only go for like two or three days, like every couple of weeks now, instead of like every three weeks. Um, but that was hard. That was so hard. But on this side of it, I have had so much fun. Dude, I've been able to Marie Kondo my house. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, out for yourself self-reflection is self-awareness and you 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 reflected and you figured out you know your body's talking to you your mind's talking to you you figured out what you needed to do yes it it just it just took me a minute to get there because as my daddy says i'm the electric fence learner (laughs) (laughs) okay so a lot of what we've talked about do you have preferred resources or text or books for folks to go back and read or get guidance from? So a lot of what I focus on, it comes back from extensive training. I started in college uh, studying. uh, I I became a a certified group fitness instructor and doing yoga and meditation. So part of my experience has been um, reading a lot and then having mentors um, going to a lot of yoga classes, media, uh, meditation classes and things like that and learning from those things. You know, I think uh, Deepak Chopra is an excellent resource. I can certainly um, also, uh, I have a few other books that I look at. Um, I find that <clears throat> there are lots of great articles out there online, sometimes just having, getting uh, magazines. There are magazines out there, that, you know, yoga journal. Yeah, there's the yoga journal. Um, it's a, you know, for those people that do study yoga, it's a lot of yoga and positions and balances, but they have some great articles and information in that um, that can help people. But there's also, I'm trying to think of, I didn't even think to bring my list of, uh, of books with me. I have several books that I've read over the years. The thing is, is that you have to find things, you know, so for some people, for example, you know, that are, are religious, they're going to find some of that, uh, understanding and knowledge through their religion and how they're studying that. Um, so everybody comes from different walks of life. So I certainly don't want to recommend 
books that might be a concern for someone um, that is maybe in a different religious path or spiritual path than other people. But it's finding a a range of things that you can read and, you know, um, emotional intelligence. There's lots of uh, great books and articles on emotional intelligence. So that also is a a key, I think, thing to look at because that will um, help you with your conflict resolution and working on that as well. But I can certainly uh, pull some other things together or books for you if you'd like some other things. But uh, for me to give you or for the group. No, that's, that's, that's great right there. And, and I'm, I fall in the, most of the books that I read are spiritual based because I mean, that's, that's what I am, you know, but, um, uh, although there is a really good one that definitely has a four letter word on the front cover that one of my girlfriends recommended and it's utterly wonderful. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll gloss over that, but you know, go, go Google, <laughs> hit the Google. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> she was one of my former students and she texted me. She's like, I think you need this. And I was like, girl, what you saying? And then I got it. I was like, oh my God, she was right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well then can you please one last time go through? Um, okay. So my four areas are duties and responsibilities is area one. Number two, um, just went right out of my head. Number three was pers- um, wealth and gratification. No, help me, fix me. Number one. Number okay. two. Number one is duty and responsibility. Okay. Number two, wealth. Prosperity. Number three was gratification and pleasure. And number four was freedom. Freedom. I see a canon whenever I think of freedom. Okay. Freedom. All right. And then can you go through the questions one last time, please? So let's, I'll start with, uh, you know, the basic questions when we started, do I have work-life balance? How do I define that for myself? How am I managing the day to day? Are there things I am focusing on too much? Am I having a good time? Do I need to take a break? Is it time to do something different for a while? Do I need to say no? Can I be okay with turning down a client or not taking that board position or accepting another project? And you can fill that question in however you'd like. So those are your first kind of just simple questions. And then under each section, under duty and responsibility, You can ask yourself, how did I serve my clients or students and myself this week? What were my obligations? What challenges or ethical tests did I face and how did I deal with them? Am I happy with the outcome or what would I do differently? Under wealth and prosperity, you can ask, what what do I see as valuable? What What did I do for my health this week? What do I do for the sake of my livelihood and profession? Under pleasure and gratification, you can ask yourself, what did I do this week to create more joy in my life? What did I take pleasure in this week? And can you identify a key pleasure that helps bring you back into balance? And then freedom. Do you feel free? Am I a great FLP? 
<laughs> Hopefully I didn't suck today. That's normally how I turn that around. Okay. As long as I didn't suck, we're okay. No, just kidding. Uh, one of my friends told me I need to do less self-deprecating humor. I was like, honey, that's my go-to. I know how to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. And then you end it with, I'm fabulous. <laughs> yes. I'm fabulous. I don't know. I do have some um, sequined reading glasses, um, cat's eye sequined reading glasses that are pretty fabulous. So um, on that note, a certain Theodore Alexander Boo Bear Extreme is one of my sources of pleasure and gratification. A giant Chewbacca and a dogwood just all rolled in. And then the Goose Danger Dawson is downstairs. Bear, do you want to say hi? Hi. I already said that. You said that? You said hi. That. That right there. That little voice and the other one. And all the dogs that just ran downstairs. There's this mommy's um, pleasure and gratification. <sighs> it got really quiet once everybody went downstairs. Ah. Okay. Well, that's that's a huge source of balance. That I. This is good. Sharers, thank you. You are welcome. Thank you. Every, you really do. It's like I we every time we talk, you always say the right thing at the right moment to mentor my soul. Ah, so thank you. Mm. And also, congratulations on that promotion. <laughs> All right, lady. Well, then, um, on that note, let me switch over to questions and uh, hold tight, everybody. That's a wrap, folks. Once again, thank you for listening to First Bite, fed, fun, and functional. I'm your humble but yet sassy host, Michelle Dawson, the All Things Peds SLP. This podcast is part of a course offered for continuing education through speechtherapypd.com. Please check out the website if you'd like to learn more about CEU opportunities for this episode, as well as the ones that are archived. And as always, remember, feed your mind, feed your soul, be kind, and feed those babies. Oh, 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 oh